are here now to talk with the insiders of the teams that I believe are the most likely to make a deal. And that starts with you, David Newton, of course, of ESPN. And where I want to start with is, are you of the belief after deals for Sam Darnold and CJ Henderson, the Panthers, of course, are without a second and third round pick? So are you of the belief, like many we are hearing, that Carolina's first option is not to stay put, but to trade back for the best offer? Well, if they can get that, I think that's the most ideal situation. I, I, again, if they if they believe in one of those players that falls to them at number six, I think they'll go ahead and take it. If, they, if they're number one guy on their board, or the guy they really want to covet is there, they'll go ahead and take it. But, you know, I really believe they'd love to pick up one of those second and third round picks they don't have, so they have something for the second day. So if they could trade back maybe to, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14, I think they would – uh, probably do that and still feel they could they could get a player that they would help their roster into quarterback or an offensive tackle. Well, let's actually play out those scenarios. And I want to start from the back as you did and pretend as if the Panthers do get their wish and trade out for multiple picks. So if that happens, what is the plan with this handful of picks? And as we know, they're 30.1 million in cap space because Kenny Pickett logically comes to mind, of course, but we could also make the case that they make that move because the cap space they have left over is to add a veteran, one of the leftovers in like Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. So where in your mind do they sit with this sudden hypothetical abundance of picks? Well, first of all, they're not going to make a trade before the draft, at least for uh, one of the veteran quarterbacks. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is just too much money to invest for what he's going to want right now and just not enough of an upgrade over what they have now with Sam Darnold. So I don't believe that happens. Perhaps Baker Mayfield, but I don't think that would happen until at, at best Friday to see what happens in the first round to see then if they could pick up you know an extra draft pick and get a veteran quarterback. But but even them, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, I don't know if you saw the interview with the, the new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, uh, this week. And, and, you know, he came out in 2018, and he wasn't really high on Baker Mayfield. And I don't think his opinions have changed that much. Um, so I, a lot of the things that he had concerns about with Baker back then, they're still concerned. So is it worth investing in him for one year and, and then taking the risk? If he does well, then you got to pay him big bucks. So I think, and I think that's what general manager Scott Fitter has been hinting at is if you're going to build long-term, you you got to get a rookie quarterback in there, a guy you can build around with the low salary cap number. So I still could see him taking a quarterback either at six or trade back and still get a quarterback uh, and, and maybe let Brady Christian handle that left tackle spot for now, or maybe hope they can get one of the tackles uh, deeper in the draft. I was asking their new office, excuse me, offensive line coach yesterday. I asked him, I said, do you see any guys that could start at left tackle down in the fourth, fifth rounds? And he said, absolutely. Uh, and here's a guy that has developed uh, those type players in the past, you know, Green Bay specifically. So he's developed those type players. So I believe that they they just they haven't really taken a chance on a quarterback. They haven't taken one other um, none in the first round since Cam Newton back in 2011. Only one overall during that time. So I think it's time for them to look at a quarterback there. But again, ideally, if they can pick up an extra draft pick, I think they do that. And who they trade with right now? Um, you know, I've, several teams have been out there. I mean, I don't think they would trade within a division. I don't think New Orleans with their two picks would trade up. Uh, maybe Philadelphia would, would trade back if they want to move up in that spot. 
Um, Seattle may want to move up ahead of Atlanta and, and try to get a, a quarterback there, but um, it, it's just going to depend on who they who they can find as a dancing partner. Is there a, another wild card position they consider? Because we all, for every reason you mentioned, Brady Christensen in particular, keep linking them strictly to quarterback and offensive linemen. Is there another position they would look to if the dominoes don't fall correctly and they're left just to pick from the top of their board? Yeah, I mean, if the Michigan uh, the Michigan defensive end slipped all the way down to them, <laughs> I think they would have to – if they didn't jump all over that, I would think they'd be crazy because uh, I think he's a game changer. I don't think that's going to happen, so nothing to worry about there. But I, I really believe that the, the, the best talent right now uh, is going to be a left tackle, probably the best overall player. Um, so they'll have that choice, and it's just going to be then do they value that left tackle versus the quarterback more. Now let's play out that second scenario, and let's assume the Panthers don't get the right offer and they end up staying put. And to your point, with not only Christensen, but with Austin Corbett, Taylor Moton, Bradley Bozeman as well, there's a clear need for at least one more strong offensive lineman, even left tackle, as you mentioned, ahead of week one. And so if we believe that's the direction they're going, do you think they would stick with tackle specifically in that spot? Like an Ikiakuanu if he slides or Charles Cross, who we expect to be there at six? Or would they be comfortable going a interior player that might be higher on their board, a la Evan Neal? Yeah, I mean, Neal would be an interesting one if he were to fall there. I think they could, they might, that would be a player that would be tempting for them if, if he was available uh, versus the quarterback. But I, I just, I just got a hunch that they've made their mind up that, if, if a Malik Willis type player is there, not a tight player, if Malik Willis is there, I, I feel like that might be the guy they, they'd love to have. I just got a vibe about the staff when they were at the pro day there, uh, the smiles on their faces, the way they talked about him, um, the, the way he can be a game changer. And listening to what McAdoo said the other day where he was like, I'm a guy that, uh, you know, wants to kind of basically take throw caution to the wind a little bit with that pick. Um, and, and that would be a, that type of player. Cause remember, here's a guy that a few years ago, um, when he was evaluating, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he, he had his sight set on him, but, uh, you know, Kansas city jumped up there and took him. So I think he probably looks at Malik as a little bit of Patrick Mahomes. So uh, again, he hasn't said that to me, but just reading between the lines and what he said, talking to him a little bit at the pro day and a few other people, it just that's just where I'm leaning right now. I mean, I may change my mind between now and uh, draft day, but uh, I, right now I kind of got that feel that that's where they're at. It was a bit of a Freudian slip whenever McAdoo did mention that Sam Donald's the starter because you couldn't tell if it was an accident and he had heard that before or if he was just doing the McAdoo dorky things and just like forgetting he's not supposed to say that. That's why I keep coming back to with that one slip up he had. Uh, if they do stay at six, though, because barring something absurd and off the wall, in my opinion, I think Malik Willis's only option in those top five picks would be a surprise selection at number two overall. So if Malik Willis is there at six, would they forego a Charles Cross or Ricky Aquanu and go to Willis instead? Or do you think that's more of an option if they decide to trade back and have those multiple picks? Well, I mean, the tackle would be a tough decision there because the, I don't think Cross is a guy they'd rather have at six. Uh, he's been in a more of a pass-happy offense, and, and he's a great pass blocker. But if you look at what McAdoo wants to do, he wants to throw the ball, but he also wants to run the ball and build a power running game. 
and Charles Cross hasn't shown he's that type of, of blocker yet. So I, I think if one of the other two, Neil and Kwandu, is there, that would be the one that they would have to be tempted to take. But I, I think overall um, that quarterback, I mean, it's just been a long time since they've taken a quarterback. And and you know how David Tepper really wants a franchise quarterback. And sometimes you've got to roll the dice out there and take a chance. I mean, here's a guy uh, in McAdoo again, he – I'm not so sure he didn't throw that out there to throw people off target just to mm. say, we've got our quarterback, you know, Sam Darnold's our guy. I, you know, I, I think he's smarter than to just slip, have a slip of the tongue out there and say, oh, he's our starter. It just kind of was too convenient. So I'm a little suspicious about that because there are a lot of smoke screens this time of year. So, um, again, I mean, he, he's also a guy that back in 2018, I mean, he really – really like Josh Allen. He's, he's a guy he was really high on. Uh, I think he had Josh Allen one and, and Lamar Jackson, number two. And if you look at their style of play, it's kind of a little more like Malik Willis. Um, so again, I, I'm just kind of trying to, you know, connect some dots there and just look at what he would want and what he would need. Yeah. I mean, I just think if, if, if you believe in that guy, whether you want to get him at six or you want to get him at 12, if you trade back, you can, if you really believe in him that much that he's the guy you want, do you take a chance on trading back and not get him? I mean, go ahead. If that point, just go ahead and take him. Um, you know, if they feel like there's a guy they want in the second or third round, trade one of your draft picks for next year and, and move up and, and get one of those guys. Recall that Patrick Mahomes, he also wanted to move up for in draft, but John Mara would not allow it with Eli Manning still under center in New York. Before you get out of here, though, David, one, we always appreciate your time. But two, I would not be doing my job if I didn't put you in the hot seat and get your final take and ask what you believe the Panthers do. And if they stay put, who you think their first pick is at six? I think I pretty much said it. I, I really think if Malik Willis falls there, he'll be the pick. Um, I just think the one missing link on this offense, I think they can survive with Brady Christen and whoever else they put in there. Um, I don't know if they can survive with Sam Darnold. And as, as much as Ben McAdoo played up Sam uh, the other day, I, I just not sure that he was really sincere about that, to be honest. I think, again, he said he's still got some magic in him, but what? how much magic have we really seen out of Sam Darnold here the first four years? I think four years is pretty much proof in the pudding there. So um, I, I think it's time for a quarterback. If, if, if Detroit takes Malik at number two, then that means one of those left tackles is going to fall to them. They've got a choice there, you know, one of the left tackles or even Kenny Pickett. I'm not so sure Kenny would be a bad pick at this time. But if you remember, another thing that um, McAdoo said, and they were talking about, yeah, he's not so sold on people saying that he's the most quarterback ready or NFL starter ready. And, and that's what the description on Kenny Pickett has been all along, that he's the most NFL ready. And I, I, that was, I don't know if he was just throwing that out there just to, you know, be another smoke screen or not. So you got to be wary of a lot you hear this time of year. But again, if you put me on the spot, I would say Malik Willis. He, he's just a guy. He reminds me a lot of Cam in a lot of ways. He's a better thrower than Cam. Um, not as big and physical, um, but I think he's smart enough to run the offense. I think he can, as a guy that's going to be a playmaker and be an effective guy for years to come, maybe you need some grooming. Maybe they'll struggle at first, but I think he's a guy that, that really can make an impact in this league. We have a lot to think about now, and all because of you, David Newton of ESPN. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
Right now, if you sign up at Underdog as a new subscriber, not only will you receive a free pro subscription to 4 for 4 with access to all of our off-season content, including our around-the-clock Discord conversations, Underdog will also match your deposit up to $100 by 100%. Literally mirror it. And there are no catches. Just download the Underdog app, use the promo code 4 for 4 when depositing. That's the number 4, word, the number again, and presto. Moving on now, with another team I expect to make a trade, it will be none other than the LA Daily News' Orange County Register's Gilbert Manzano. And Gilbert, I got to be honest with you, discussing the Chargers was not originally a part of this show, uh, and now there has been so much discussion around LA potentially cutting the line for whichever cornerback their heart desires that I knew I had to squeeze you in last second to try to fit this conversation in and get to the bottom of everything. So let's start from the beginning. Where do the Chargers lean with the number 17 overall pick right now? Yeah, John, I think you're on to something there. You know, I keep thinking that they're going to trade down where they are at 17, but they do like cornerback. You know, you saw Brandon Staley at LSU's pro day, you know, getting up close and, and personal with Derek Stingley. So I'm going to say it's a tie between offensive tackle and cornerback. You would have asked me a month ago, it's definitely off, offensive tackle. You need to get a, a guy on the right side. Uh, they cut Brian Bulaga, and it worked out a year ago. They, they, uh, they drafted Rashawn Slater on the left side, but they now need the opposite side. Uh, but I think Brandon Staley was not lying to us when he kept saying, we need cornerbacks. We always are going to be looking for cornerbacks. So when I saw my LSU's pro day uh, with Derek Stingley, and maybe uh, Ahmad Sauce Garner will be, you know, long gone by the time they pick or when they, if they do trade up uh, for, for a corner. Uh, but I, I would not be surprised if they do trade up. If they see Stingley hanging around, you know, pick 12, 13, 14. Uh, they'll get a little antsy. And even for a guy like Trent McDuffie, too, I could definitely see that, too. Do you think you mentioned 10 and 12? Do you think a move inside the top 10 because they love a Stingley, a Sauce Gardner so much is possible right now? It might be kind of a steep uh, asking price for, for for the GM, Tom Telesco. You know, he got aggressive with, with Khalil Mack and, and sending that second-round pick uh, to Chicago, which is definitely worth it. But it's not really Tom Telesco's thing to, to get aggressive. But in the draft, he has shown to trade up, uh, maybe not this high in this range. Uh, but but you, you never know. Teams might get, you know, a little antsy during the day of the draft and saying, hey, our guy's not there. Let's get out of here. Uh, so I could definitely see that possibly. I don't know about the top 10, but definitely, like, like I mentioned, you know, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, I, I could see that, uh, you know, and, and, and everything you kind of know about the Chargers, the way they operate in, in previous years with Tom Telesco for the last 10 years, maybe we should throw, out, throw that out the window because it's uh, Justin Herbert's pretty much final year on a rookie deal. He's going to get paid probably next year. So you want to go all in and, and, and pay two receivers $20 million a year have two pass rushers making $20 million a year, Joey Bosa, Kalua Mack, before the Bills do on Justin Herbert. Why not get aggressive fully all the way and go into the top 10? Let's go back to that tackle idea you mentioned because it's a real possibility, if not probable, that all of Ahmad Gardner, Derek Stingley, and Trent McDuffie are off the board by 17. And if that is the case, is there a specific player at tackle that the Chargers are leaning towards? Or would they feel comfortable taking an interior player like Trevor Penning and pushing him on the inside instead? Yeah, that's kind of the biggest dilemma. I keep kind of going back and forth when I'm doing all these crazy scenarios. And it's so tough at 17 being in the middle pack for the Chargers. Uh, and if the biggest need is tackle, 
you know, you hear all this big drop off after the, the, the top three guys, Cross, uh, Icky, and Neil. And do you ask yourself, do you want to reach for a guy, a Trevor Penning? You know, people like him, but he's not he's not as polished. He's not ready. Uh, some people say he's kind of, you know, lacks discipline on the field, could draw a lot of flags. And, and you know, do, do you bet on the upside? Do you bet on your coaching staff? You know, they lost their offensive uh, line coach, uh, Frank Smith, to Miami. So maybe there's kind of something new going on there. Uh, or do you lean somewhere else? Do you try to fix uh, the run defense with a Jordan Davis? Do you finally get that burner in Jameson Williams? Or do you say, hey, we we got to fix the trenches and, and look for the future for Justin Herbert and protect them? Because, uh, John, you probably remember that crazy Vegas game against the Raiders, uh, Raiders Chargers for the playing game. And Max Crosby got paid going against Storm, Storm Norton. Uh, they're on the right side. So you need somebody there. Uh, but I don't know if a trade opinion is a guy. Uh, you know, they still also need a guy at right guard. They haven't re-signed Ode Abushi. So how about a guy like Zion Johnson, a guy from Boston College, to help you out there? Uh, he's more ready to go, polished. But do you want to draft a guy in, on the inside at number 17? Do you trade down? So uh, I could definitely see Trevor Penning. But I, I know from people who I talk to around the team, they're not as high on Penning as they are Charles Cross. If Charles Cross is there at 17, they're not going to think about it. They're going to go for him all day. Uh, every day, but with Trevor Penning, there's, there's some thinking there, and they don't they don't like not like him, but they're kind of thinking about it at 17. You touched on Jameson Williams, but I'm curious if they do lean wide receiver over offensive line, is there a specific trait they're ensuring they have in the next receiver they draft? Speed and Jameson, as you mentioned, yak ability potentially in Traylon Burks, another big body threat across from Mike Williams and Drake London. Are they prioritizing one specifically? I think it's definitely speed, but I could definitely see some yak guys involved because they don't have that. Right. Uh, King Allen is uh, is great at getting open, getting you the the, the first down on third out on third down plays. Uh, Mike Williams kind of the jump ball guy, but you know Drake London is a guy who's intriguing, but you don't really need that because you got Mike Williams. So I definitely go with speed number one, uh, and then a yak guy number two. Uh, but definitely his speed. Everything I've heard from Brandon Staley, like he wants to push the ball down the field, be aggressive. John, you know about the fourth down, so uh, he wants a home run hitter. And the guy that I think does that the best and the guy they're pretty high on for wide receiver is Jamison Williams. Now, the tricky part, is, you know, you hear the the smoke screens like uh, it starts out, you know, at first it started out like, oh, he got he got hurt. He's going to he's going to be available late in the first round. And then we're a week away from the draft. Like, actually, no, it's going to be a top 10 pick. So uh, you don't know where James is going to fall. So if Jamison Williams is there at 17 and the tackles are gone and the corners are gone, I definitely see Jamison being the pick at 17. Uh, he is what they want, what they're looking for. Uh, they don't need the guys who are completed like uh, a Garrett Wilson because you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So uh, they're looking for one thing specifically and it's speed. Would they be willing to take – we mentioned Trevor Penning, right? Uh, is there like another – like a guard you already mentioned, perhaps pushing Ode Abushi out? Would they be willing to take like a Tyler Smith or someone like that and push him on the interior? Or is it strictly really they want a surefire starter at tackle who has that experience from his collegiate years or the opposite, someone with experience at guard? Yeah, I think they always welcome, you know, guys who have experience at different positions. I think that's why Zion Johnson's kind of intriguing because he has experience at left tackle. He didn't do it well, but he has that experience. So Guys you can move around are always very intriguing pieces, especially for the Chargers who have a, a, a long history of injuries. And, and, and it happened a year ago when they lost Brian Bulaga and, and uh, Ode Abushi. So the more the guys can do, the better. So I could definitely see that. But the way it worked out a year ago when you got Rashawn Slater, why not kind of you know play it safe and, and, and go for, for, for sure tackle 
but again, you know, the, it could be a smoke train. It, it cannot. But uh, Brandon Saley keeps telling the reporters that they don't feel desperate for a tackle. They have flexibility because they could kick out Matt Filer from left guard to uh, to right tackle. Uh, maybe you re-sign Odi Abushi or the guy you got a year ago, Brandon Hymas, might be ready to go. Uh, and they have Corey Lindsay, the all-pro center in the middle, kind of being the glue. So they keep telling me they have a bunch of combinations to tinker with it to make me believe that they're not going to tackle all the way. But I do think it's a priority for sure. Uh, they rather go safe. But I, if, if again, if it's Trevor Pinning uh, and maybe a Jordan Davis or a Jameson Williams, I could definitely see them saying, hey, Trevor, you're great, but we're going to pass. We're going to go for the luxury pick, Jameson Williams. Or, you know, Brandon Staley is always saying, hey, you know, our, our defense is going to be fine. But if you could just fix it so quickly with a Jordan Davis and that, that run defense, you're going to be fine too. So, again, I'm just going to give you a bunch of scenarios because things could happen. Uh, but if you're asking me about somebody that they want, you know, ready to play today, uh, I think they would rather go for a safe route tackle. You gave me a lot of scenarios, but now I have to be a jerk and make you whittle them down to one. So, as I did with David Newton, I'm putting you in the spot, Gilbert, and asking, do the Chargers move up and who for? Otherwise, who are they taking at 17? Okay, so you kind of want like a two-parter, right, uh, on this here? Oh, sure. One answer is two, but if you want to give two, that'd be great as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? If they do trade up, you know, I'll give you three names for the trade-up guys. Cool. It's definitely Charles Cross. If he's somewhere in that range, you know, 13, 14, they're going to go and get Charles Cross for sure. You fill him in uh, where, where Sean Slater, you're good for the next 10 years probably. Uh, but I know Brandon really really wants a cornerback, so it's going to be the Trent, Trent McDuffie. Uh, who might be two spots away. Maybe the Eagles might get them. You jump up to like, you know, 14 or or, 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 or trade there to avoid the Eagles taking Trent McDuffie because I see a lot of mock drafts going for him. Uh, and definitely Darius Stingley's the guy. He might be the guy to be more more aggressive for to maybe be top 10. I could definitely see that. Uh, but, you know, I I, th- I keep coming back to like, you know, maybe I'm, over, I'm overthinking it. I think Brandon Staley really wants that defense to click to hum in 2022 kind of, you know, help out because that was really the Achilles heel in 2021. So I'm going to say Jordan Davis at 17. He's probably going to probably be there. Uh, so go with him and uh, don't think about it twice. Who else would give you three draft picks for the price of one than Gilbert Manzano? Gilbert, thanks again for coming <laughs> on. We really appreciate it. Thank you, John. Appreciate the time. Moving on to the middle of the first round with picks number 16 and 19, no one else I would rather sit down with the talk saints than also a mutual friend of Evan Silva, New Orleans dot football's own Nick Underhill and Nick. Ideally, I want to play out every scenario here with, with you before you have to run because the saints are the wrench of the 22, 22 NFL draft. It starts with new Orleans recent pick swap with the Eagles, right? Because to your knowledge, was that trade the precursor to another trade on night one? Or is Mickey Loomis actually going to sit on his hands and preempt two starters at 16 and 19? So at the risk of kind of riding the fence here, I, I don't think it was made with the intent of, okay, we're doing this to go up and now make a trade up in the draft. But I think it's possible that an opportunity materializes where they might go up in the draft. And if the right deal's there, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go up to, say, around number five. Uh, Jeff Ireland hired, uh, shown at one point in Miami, and the Saints do need an offensive tackle. So if they went up and drafted, say, a Charles Cross, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they stayed put and picked two starters because despite what a, you know, a lot of people think about where this team's at internally, they think that they're still a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. And then once you get into the playoffs, 
you know, who knows what, what can happen at that point. So I could see them wanting to draft two starters, but at the same time, if the right values are, they will go up. But I will say this, it's a different team now. And the most aggressive guy in the room is playing golf and, and not coaching a football team anymore. So I think some of the stuff in their DNA, it could change a little bit. And whereas in the past, it would have been immediately, okay, what are they doing? Are they going up? I think that the guys making uh, the calls now, led by Mickey Loomis, I think he's kind of taken over a little bit more of the uh, decision-making process. He's a little bit more of a, of a calmer, calculated, less emotional type of person. So I think that we might see them do things a little bit differently. And we already have, even with just how they didn't go out and spend every dollar they have under the cap. And, and that's a major difference right there. So I think they're still going to be aggressive, but not as, you know, all in as they were with Sean Payton uh, leading the charge on some of those decisions. In that case, let's work backwards. And let's say they stay put with these two picks. We know, as you mentioned, an offensive tackle like Charles Cross, for example, could also just not be there, even if he is the apple of their eye. So what positions other than tackle do you think New Orleans are trying to prioritize with their picks, given that, as you mentioned, they think at least they're in win-now mode? So I think the positions, if they had, the, if they had things fall their way and they make three picks, 16, 19, 49, I think it would be wide receiver, offensive tackle, and then safety. I think that's ideally how they would like to have things play out. They have to get a wide receiver. I mean, it's 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 been way too long. 2018, I think, was the last time they drafted one, Traquan Smith. And, and well, he's a solid player, he's not a difference maker in the sense of, you know, going out and and you know, really being a true compliment to Michael Thomas. So they have to get that done. And the way they look, I mean, the way they approached that position last year was you know, the, the word that comes to mind is malpractice. I mean, they, they really, I think, overestimated what they could get done with their scheme. When you took Drew Brees out of it, I, I don't think things operated quite as well as they kind of assumed it could for a long time. And, and you know, I think that was a, a lesson learned last year. And I think this year going into it, I, I think that has to be a priority. And if they don't get one early, I mean, I, th there's just no excuse for it. You can't go back out there with, you know, no offense to anybody. Kevin White can't be one of your top three options and Kenny Stills can't be one of those guys. So they got to have better true options this year. And, and I think that has to be priority. Number one. Does the potential signing of Jarvis Landry hinder a receiver with one of those two picks or three picks, as you mentioned as well in the forties, or does having him in their back pocket, not matter whatsoever in how they approach this draft. So if they were somehow to, you know, sign him at, at some point if there was an agreement in place after the draft whatever it, it may be I don't think that should should stop them from still getting a young player in that pipeline I mean the positional value alone teams should be going after wide receivers early and often now because you you can't pay three guys 20 25 30 million dollars it, it you got to have three four five of these guys and especially the way the Saints like to play they like to use a lot of personnel and it's not like a static okay these are the top three they're playing four or five guys at that position every week. And, and you just can't pay $90 million on one position or whatever it's going to be if, if things keep trending the way they are. So I think you got to try to get young players in at that position. And I don't think Landry, like I said, I don't, I don't think he should preclude anything because they have Michael Thomas and it's wide open after him. So I think you need Michael Thomas. I think you need Jarvis Landry. And I think you need, let's say, Chris Olave. And, and you know, I think all those pieces would fit together really well and, and off you go but at the same time 
if you do get Landry in, in your pocket, I think it makes it a little bit easier to maybe package a couple of picks and go up and get that offensive tackle to place Jaron Armstead. Is there a particular trait you believe they're looking for in the wide receiver they draft? A speed guy like Jameson Williams, for instance, Traylon Burks, who somewhat some would argue is just overlaps his skill set with Michael Thomas, a Chris Olave as a field stretcher as well. Anyone that stands out? I think that Olave would probably be the guy that would probably be the 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 one they target over all of them. I, I think he would probably be the best fit for this team. Uh, they really like guys out of Ohio State. I think his skill set fits really well with what they need. I think he his ability to get deep and stretch the field is really would be something that would really fit well with, with Jameis Winston. And then also just his general route running ability. I think his best trait, which is that, is better than anybody else's best trait. And granted, there are things about his game that I think need to get better and improve. His play strength isn't quite there. I don't think he's a great blocker. Contested catches could use some work, but I think that's something that you can develop in time, get a little bit stronger. And I think they could maximize his route running ability, play him opposite Michael Thomas. And I think that that fit would just be really natural. And they got to get guys that, that, can get open the way he gets open and just make life easier for for Jameis Winston. Let's say a Jameson Williams and Chris Olave are off the board and the Panthers stick at six and end up taking Charles Cross. Cross could also go at seven, of course, to the Giants. But let's say it just doesn't fall the Saints' way and they do, in fact, stay put. I'm sure you've had fans mention a potential quarterback, at least ask you about that. If it does happen to be the highest player on their board, do you think they'll be in a position where quarterback – is the highest player on their board and they take a best player available approach or are they actually trying to throw out two starters and so they're not going to worry about the pickets, the Malik Willis's of the world? It's a good question. You know, I, I think they showed us with their actions that they aren't comfortable necessarily or I don't want to say comfortable, but they aren't dead set on, okay, Jameis Winston is the guy. Like they just tried really hard to get another player. They tried really hard to take on the biggest PR hit in NFL history to, to make a move at quarterback. So to, to act like Jameis was locked into that position, their actions have already told us that they're comfortable going in another direction, that they might even prefer to go in another direction. So if they like Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, I think they obviously would, would definitely uh, make one of those picks. I, I think you got to prioritize that position over anything else. And, and they aren't all in on the season. They're being aggressive. They are trying to win. But if they were all in on the season, like when the Saints are all in on a season, it's every dollar stretched. They aren't stretching every dollar. There's $20 million under the cap right now that they could be spending on players that they they haven't spent yet. And granted, it, it could come. They could sign Jarvis Landry. They could sign Tyron Matthew after the draft so he doesn't count against the uh, comp pick formula. So they still might spend some of that money. But it's just it's not that all-in Super Bowl or bust mentality. So if they like one of these guys, and I – I really think if Sean Payton was the coach that Kenny Pickett would be the person they're targeting going into this draft. Again, he's not in the building. I think things change. He was on, you know, whispering to people that he he didn't like Deshaun Watson as the Saints quarterback. So they're doing things differently than him. But I know he really liked Kenny Pickett. And I think, uh, you know, there's probably people in the building that think very similarly to him still. So I'm sure there's still people that like him. And, um, you know, I don't know if it would be number one priority, but I think it's something that would be tough to pass up if, if one of those guys are there because they do need to get look if you don't have a quarterback on a five-year contract or you're not trying to sign one to a five-year contract you don't have your quarterback and they aren't in that position with Jameis right now so if there is somebody I think that they do need to try to make that move you can only give Taysom Hill 40 million so many years before you have to look <laughs> elsewhere oh, uh, on the Saints moving up you already mentioned Charles Cross 
is that certainly position, like the idea they are replacing Teron Armstead if they move up? Or is there another position, another player, for example, like an Ikea Kwanu over Charles Cross? Or do you think they're locked in with that player and position if they were to move up? If they were to move up, I think it would be the position. I I, I just kind of threw a, a name out there. Uh, that's just kind of my, my guess if they moved up. I think that would probably be the guy. But I, I think that, uh, yeah, any of them. I mean, I think it's, it's an important position as well. And I think they'd be okay. It's a manageable situation with James Hurst But I think with Jameis uh, as the quarterback, they need to do more play action. They need to have longer developing plays. And you got to be able to block those well. And, and kind of just being weak at that position and they're, they're weak at the other guard position opposite uh, with Cesar Ruiz. Having two out of five spots that are kind of iffy and then a quarterback who, you know, he, he made better decisions last year, but he needs to keep showing that. Just kind of making it easy for him to make those good decisions I think needs to be a priority. So as much as they need a wide receiver, I think getting strong at, at tackle is – I wouldn't say it's a, a must, but I would. It's right below there, at like an extreme want, I think, for this team. So I think going up, doing that, taking care of it, would be a smart thing, and I think it would just help everybody just kind of settle down and, and play a little bit better. Well, Nick, like everyone else that has come on this pod, I unfortunately have to also put you on the spot and ask what you believe the Saints are going to do when it comes to them at sixteen and nineteen, whether it is make a trade or the two players they select. It's a good question. Uh, I don't got the trade value chart in front of me, so I don't know like how <laughs> high they could actually go up. So I'll make a, I'll make two picks. I'll say Olave at 16, and then I'm going to predict something that they never do, and then if it just hits, like we can replay this clip and act like something. Seven like days. We're all happen. forgiving. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say at 19, they move back, and they, they, they get Penning. Like Penning falls down into the 20s, and, and they get him there, pick up like a, I don't know, a third-round pick or something. And, and just kind of restock the shelves a little bit that way. But if they do trade up, I would. I guess you'd probably have to take both picks and get the five to get one of the top tackles. So I will say if they do trade up, it's a trade with the Giants and they take cross. I was lying. I have to be greedy and ask, would they take Penning over Pickett in your mind? It's, ugh, that's tough. I, I, at I, least, I, I like that at least we've honed it down. Like we have now, what, like three to five players we're certain they're going for. It's just a matter of whether they stay put or move up for one. And that's you're more certain around. about who they're going for than I am. But uh, if they, <laughs> <laughs> if they, uh, I don't think they they love penning in that in that range. I, okay. I, I don't know that that's the senior bowl. I don't know. I mean, it, but I guess if he's okay there, like he like what's really the difference? But teams get weird about value. Um, I think I think they should go pick it over penning. Honestly, in I just think you got to go long term. You got to look at the big picture, and I think that he has a chance to be to be good in this offense. I think the way he plays would fit really well with some of the stuff that, well, now Pete Carmichael would like to do. So I, I guess I would go Alave and Penning if I had to choose between the three guys, but I think they would probably make the opposite decision and, and go Alave and Penning. You heard it here first. Saints are unequivocally, without question, drafting Kenny Pickett <laughs> and Chris Olave. Nick Underhill, New Orleans Stop Football. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining, everyone. Remember, all of these interviews will be spliced together on our feed at The Most Accurate Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So until then, draft day. We won't be back with an actual episode next week. We will instead be spinning our first round live show, reaction show at the time of the draft into the podcast as audio. So we'll still talk to you next week. Until then, good luck 